Hi, folks. I'm glad that you are here this weekend. On the way in, you have the uh, notes, and if you want to go ahead and grab those, we'll take a look at the message here. We start a new series. We just talked about it. It's going to be about spiritual life. Uh, just a second, I will jump into it. Got a real important, uh, juicy tidbit of information that, um, that this, um, the crowd that's listening to me right now is going to need to know. On ESPN, one of the higher ESPN channels, search for the Butler basketball game. Butler basketball game, okay? It will be on uh, today. And um, at the beginning of the game, the football team is going to run out, carry the flags. I want you to look for the fastest, best-looking, most athletic kid. That's my son. That's what you're right there. So just be watching. Name is David. Probably be a pro career after that. So uh, it's called The Spiritual Life. And if you look right, uh, right in your notes here, let's welcome all of our campuses. Um, obviously, uh, Lakewood, Highlands Ranch, Castle Rock, Lone Tree, uh, our online campus. And also, anyone who will hear the message this, uh, this week or uh, maybe in the next couple of weeks, however you're a part of the greater JFC family, we're really glad uh, that, you, that you are. Uh, before I begin, let me also thank both uh, Pastor Evan and Pastor Marcus for the past couple of weekends. Chris and I had a chance after the last series to our part of it to uh, have a little vacation. We enjoyed that, but it's possible because we have people that are able to carry the load here for us. And, and I want to thank Evan and Marcus. I thought they did a fantastic job. We loved, um, we loved being able to use uh, the online campus too because wherever you are, you're able to tune in and, and feel a part of it. And then a third element that they've added, there's a little 24-hour camera that's right back there that I have an app to. I can see what's happening in here at any given time. So all during the week while we were on vacation, I was able to actually be here watching what was going on. And um, actually uh, have three people I need to discipline. No. Um, so uh, <laughs> uh, uh, here, here's what we're going to talk about. We're calling this series The Spiritual Life uh, with a tagline, uh, looking at our own spiritual health. And if I had to put in one sentence, and I think this is important so that you can carry this with you and it makes it portable and it makes each message, you'll know what each message is going to be about. If I had to put it in one sentence, which I do this to help me always drill down, what are we trying to teach? What do we want people to walk away with? What's the win here ultimately? It would be in this sentence right here. We want you to grow stronger spiritually now. To grow stronger spiritually now. And I, I guess I would probably begin uh, this weekend at that point right there. When it comes to your spiritual growth, I think uh, people tend to take that as, you know, hey, I, I want to grow spiritually, but there's not much I can do about that. I just hope that God will show up and do his part. And I'll go to church and maybe it'll work out. And the truth of the matter is that we can position ourselves very much for stuff to happen in our life spiritually. And I'm going to give you some examples tonight to show you how it works in the natural and it works just that way in the spiritual. But I want you thinking automatically that we can do something about how we're doing spiritually. Can you say, I agree with that right there. So that's where we'll head into this. Let me give you two quick scriptures that kind of back up this idea, this thought, uh, looking at ourselves, uh, trying to sort of uh, take take stock, to measure it, to, to examine it, and then um, one that absolutely shows us what God's will is when it comes to our spiritual life. So the first one, uh, 2 Corinthians right here, chapter 13, verse 5, Paul writing to uh, a church, a bunch of believers, uh, he tells them to examine themselves like a doctor would do. But he's using it in the spiritual context of life. Now, I, I, uh, every January is my physical Go and, you know, after 50, you're supposed to go. And they do all sorts of wonderful things to you. It's really, it's really fun. I, I, looking at this, the idea, you know, 
we, we, we tend to look at our physical lives so often and we put our spiritual lives almost on the idea that it's, it's on automatic pilot. It concerns us and we're interested in it. That's why you're here this weekend. That's a given. But the idea of what we would do about it. So, you know, in my case, go to the doctor, do all the blood work, and then there are things that you meet with him the following week for that all of the, all of the sin for 365 days comes to bear at that point. All, all of the blood sugar stuff and all of the things that, all the things when you're 25 you don't have to pay attention to, but all the things that suddenly they start to talk to you about. And you can ignore those things, but at your own peril. Do you agree? At your own peril. So your spiritual life, almost the same thing here. He's saying, take an examination and pay attention to how it fares. So maybe there was a time in your life when that was something that didn't need to be looked at. But I would say this, we live in a day and an age where you cannot take your spiritual life for granted. It's very much an important issue. So as you take stock, it's not just be aware of it, but if you need to make changes, if you need to... Uh, if you need to, um, to, to, to do things to make it better, be willing to do it. So examine yourselves and then look at this, to see whether you are in the faith. Gosh, I think for so many of us, that's just taken for granted, isn't it? And here he's saying, double check. Make sure, almost like the yearly, make sure. Don't just put it on cruise control. Don't just end up somewhere. Make sure. So examine yourselves to see whether you're in the face. And then he sort of sums it up this way. Actually test yourselves. So we get a little further in the message this weekend. I'll give you the litmus test for your spiritual life. And it would be a great place if you have a pen or a pencil or you will use a device, a smartphone or an, some kind of a, uh, an app or whatever. It would be a great place to be able to write down what the litmus test is. So the second one comes from the Gospel of Third John. And this would, I, I would say, if you ever want to know what God wants for your spiritual life, I think this verse is just one of those, man, this is a keeper, 3 John 1, 2. So, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. And then he adds this as though, here's the measurement, just as your soul prospers. So, here, quick question. If you had to <laughs> base your checkbook on how your soul is doing, how would you feel about that measurement? Would you feel good? Because that's actually what he's saying. Right? I want you to prosper in all things, but as your soul prospers. Put this as the highest level of, of respect in your life. Everything else should prosper, but not above your soul. Let your soul prosper above everything else. Or even if it is going to prosper financially or physically or emotionally, whatever. Let your soul prosper at the same rate even quicker than the other areas of your life. So he says, pay attention to these things right here. And I love that. It just gives us the idea of what God wants for us spiritually. God wants us to prosper spiritually in all things, but in particular spiritually. So at the transition point in your notes, here's what I would, I guess, title the message, times of refreshing, times of refreshing. So I don't know about you, but in my life, uh, Acts 3.19 says, repent to God so that he can blot out your sins, so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. How many of you would love a season of refreshing from God? God what, what a question that is right now, huh? It's almost like an automatic, yes, I'd love seasons of refreshing from God. Well, that's what he promises, and I think that's the idea 
of a renewed spiritual life, times of refreshing. So I put down in the notes then, where are you spiritually speaking? And I want you to know, we'll look at three areas real quick, but here, here's the point. This isn't to expose a weakness. So look at me. Let me just, let me say, it's not to expose a weakness. That doesn't take a genius to do, to say what I'm about to say. Here's the three places that people are. Live long enough and you'll know, just in your own self, you know that from time to time, you're one of these three things spiritually. But that's, that's not the genius part. Here's what's important. No matter where you are in what I'm about to say, I want you to see what God says about where you are in that thing and what God's hope for you is. So look at this real quick. Where are you spiritually? Uh, here's where I'll give you the litmus test of how you can check where you are spiritually according to the scale. The first one is just simply dry bones. Now, hey, look at me. It's not, it's not a problem for you to be honest with yourself. I think we're preconditioned. Oh, it's all good. Yes, how you doing? Good. This person could be dying. And the first thing, I'm good. Good. Good, good. How you doing spiritually? Ooh, I'm really, I'm good. <laughs> Pharisee, it's all good. So, oh, come on. So literally, it's just the idea of saying you're something that you're not. And maybe the best day that can ever happen to you is being honest with yourself about where you are because when you are, things can change. It's only when you lie to yourself or fool yourself. So, so just three levels, and then I'll give you the litmus test. The first one's just dry bones. I pull it from the book of Ezekiel. It's actually a prophetic scripture. It's Ezekiel 37, 1 through 5. Ezekiel's brought out into, if you ever read it, it's this, it's this incredible prophetic event. But the beginning of it uh, is Ezekiel having this experience. It said, the hand of the Lord came upon me, brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Can you imagine having that experience? So most people, when they talk about experience, it's always like, I saw this angel, and we had ice cream, and everything was awesome. <laughs> and he just wanted to bless me. I mean, here's, here's a guy. I, I went, I, the Lord took me out. I was in a valley of bones. So and then he caused me to pass by them all. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. Very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh, Lord God, only you know that. Again, he said to me, here's what I want you to do. Prophesy to these bones. Again, to expose something is not the point. I want you to see what God says about the situation. What God's end result in mind is. God's not condemning dry bones. God is actually saying, here's what we can do with dry bones. But call it what it is. Don't say it's fertile. Don't say it's green. Don't say it's awesome if it's not awesome. Yep. Yep. I think he asks us, judge it. What does it look like? Is it dry bones? Okay, so what can happen? With, and this is where the Spirit of God gets involved because it's not, he's not asking you, what do you think about the dry bones? He's asking, what do you think God can do with dry bones? Yep. We look at them. We can't do anything about them, can we? But God gets involved and anything becomes possible. So I answered, oh, Lord God, only you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you. Hey, say it with me. Last four words. And you shall live. 
So even if we say to ourselves tonight, spiritually, if I were to ask you, so Paul tells us, test yourself. Examine yourself. How's your faith? What does it look like? Rhetorically speaking, I don't need you to raise your hand. I don't need you to answer me. I don't want you to. I want you just to answer honestly right now. How are you spiritually? Is it fertile? Is it well with your soul? Is it abundant? Is it vital? I think you think it's important and that's why you're here. That's why you're listening. That's why it's quiet. But how is it? Is it a place where there's a lot going on or does it feel dry? And if it does, then again, it's not to expose that. That, that takes no, no genius. Here's what I would say again to you, that of the three things I'll expose to you, at different times in my life, I've been all three. I would confess to you as a pastor, I have found myself saying to God, it is so dry inside of me. And I can't do anything about it. And God's answer is, you can't, but prophesy what I'm able to do inside of you. So that we begin to speak even when we don't feel. And there's the problem therein with being dry. You don't feel. Here's the litmus test for all three. I'll give it to you right now. The litmus test would be your passion. Measure your passion for your spiritual life. And if you have none, that's dry bones. That's where it's just simply not happening. So God's intention, to leave you there? Never. Can he use those things? You bet. If everything's always awesome, nothing is. Only one thing really is anyway. We use that word so easily, but only one thing was ever meant to be awesome, only God. The rest of us are stuck here and now. And we experience dryness from time to time. True? It actually can be a catalyst for great things in life. Times to call out on. Times of, if you never, nothing ever needs refreshed if it's always fresh. Does that make sense? So here God promises us, turn to me, I'll take away all your sin, and here's what will happen. You will enjoy a refreshing from me. We all said we want a refreshing from God. Admit that you need it then. Call out to him that you want it. Prophesy even to yourself. These dry bones will live. This is not the condition of my life forever. It's just where I happen to be right now. The litmus test, your passion. The litmus test, your desire. So let me give you the second one here real quick. Dry bones is the first. Uh, The second one just simply is a small fire. So it's not dry, and it's not infertile, and and it's um, it's not parched. But it's not raging either. And it's not all consuming. And it doesn't drive everything that you do. And when you're there, here's the thing. Some guy stands up and says this to you, and it actually annoys you because you're not there. And you don't want to hear that you're not there. So the small fire, let me show you a really neat scripture about a small fire. Jesus actually quotes this from the Psalms. You know, when Jesus taught a lot, he would pull from the Psalms. And so he actually quotes this from the Psalms, and he's talking about his father, and he says, the bruised reed, he will not break, speaking of the father. And look at this, a smoldering wick or a small fire. Look at what God does. With these things. Remember, this is not to expose something, 
What I want you to see ultimately is if you're at any of these places, I want you to see what God wants. So a bruised reed he will not break, a smoldering wick he will not snuff out till he has brought justice through to victory. The idea ultimately is if it's a small fire, here's God's ultimate intention. He wants that thing to rage inside of you, man. He's an all-consuming fire. He's the reason why we do everything that we do. And if you sit there and you're like, I don't know, that's what I'm saying. That's a small fire. The small fire's good again. It's not bad, it's good, but be honest with yourself. It's important, but it's one of the important things. It's not the thing. God's ultimate end in it is not to break you or to snuff you out. I don't think God ever stands like this in judgment of us. If he wanted to do that, if God wanted to get you, so I've said this for 17 years, if he wanted to get you, you're not here to tell us. You're a plaque with a grease spot that says God got him. That's what it works out as. I mean, if you're like, God's trying to get me and I'm just fast enough to get away, how big is your God? Do you get what I mean by that? So he's not out to break you as to kill you or to snuff out the fire. What he wants is to bring about his will in your life. Again, the litmus test then would be desire. Where's desire at with this? How big is the fire? How bright does it rage? How how consuming is it? So then the last one then, and of the three again, Paul asks us, measure yourself, test yourself, check it out. Where are you at here? It's okay to do that. He's not saying use, use condemnation. But he's saying look at it and be honest with it. Nothing changes without honesty. Nothing. So the last one just simply then, and notice the words, looking at where we are spiritually, I called it just simply a tree of life. I remember several years ago, the Lord challenged me on the idea of memorizing scripture. And so I was going through the Bible like, okay, so where should I start? Psalms chapter one. It's one of my favorite chapters. And it begins with blessed is the man who? And God gives a progression. The guy who doesn't sit, stand and walk in certain places in life. And it moves down talking about where he's at spiritually. And then he gives a comparison of what a person whose spiritual life is full and is blossoming and is in, is in like summertime, man. And this is what he says about that person when their spiritual life is in that place. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. And then look at this part, whose leaf never withers. And I love the last part. Whatever they do. How many of you would love that to be said about everything you put your hand to? Every relationship, every check you write, every word you speak, every promise you make, every value. At me. How would you? Everything they do prospers. Boom, that's good. And here's God's promise to us. So a person in this place, this is what their life feels like. And again, God's will ultimately in all three, this is what God wants. He wants you to prosper. Remember, we just read it. Even as your soul. So it says it again. Everything they do prospers. It's a promise of God to us. 
God, how important then is your spiritual life? Well, do you want to prosper? It's measured by the litmus test. Because some of you will sit here tonight, there's enough people who will hear it this way. There would be enough if we had one service with just a section of people who listened. If, if just a Saturday night service in Castle Rock or a Sunday morning service at Lake, if just a few people at any given service heard this, there would be enough who will say, man, it does feel like dry bones to me. And some who will say it's like a small fire. Some will be like, I'm at the best place I've ever been spiritually. All of it, God asks us to take stock and then wants to do really great things with us. So let me, let me quickly, if anything about prospering spiritually, if anything about the idea of the leaf never withering and like a tree planted by streams of water. And for those of you who hear me and live in Colorado, interesting thought, get anywhere outside of the Denver area east. How many of you can think of what it looks like real quick? Why are you laughing? <laughs> a little dry? A little flat? Quick, quick thought comes back to me. On I-70, right before you get to, right past uh, Hugo, and, but before you get to Flagler, it's just pasture land out there. After Lyman, but before Flagler. There's a big sign. If you're going east, it's on the right-hand side, so on the what, south side. And... It says, um, eat more beef. And there's a hand carving a big, thick steak. And the sign is like 50, 60 feet up in the air. You can see it coming for half a mile. And we're driving out there. And as we get closer to it, there's like 500 cows trying to stand in the shade of this sign. <laughs> and God speaks to me in very funny ways. So I'm looking at the sign and this hand carving the steak, and I'm looking at these cows, and I'm like, they have no idea. <laughs> they are running to shelter in something that represents the worst thing that could happen to these cows. So we laugh and we chuckle. How many of us seek shelter in things that are actually harming us spiritually? I wonder if we could get exposed to those things, would we? Would we flee from? Would we reject? Would we head for greener pastures? Hmm. So, God's idea in this ultimately is that He wants you to prosper. That's His will. I think I, I think we can see that clearly from Scripture. Ultimately, let me talk about your part with this right here, because I think, guys, again, I, I can't. How many times have I said? God stands like this towards us. He has no motivation to stand like this, and especially like this. Jesus is the proof he stands like this. His hands are towards us. His heart is open, and he beckons to us. Come, anyone who wants to, come to me. We'll, we'll do the great exchange. I'll give you my life. You give me your death. You take my yoke upon you because it's easy, and it's light, and it'll give you life. And I'll take from you the thing that's killing you. That's a deal. Well, it's God's will in this, then he's like this. He's saying yes to what I'm saying to you right now. If you could substitute for a moment 
that the very words I'm speaking to you are the words of God. That he stands like this, beckoning you. Come to me, and I'll give you life. I'll make you like a tree planted by streams of living water. That's Jesus. And in the right season, you'll bear fruit, but at all times, you'll never wither. That's what God wants. That's God's part, but what's our part then? Sit at home and wait? Do we, can we do anything to position ourselves spiritually to grow? To, to, to move into? So I, I put in here, under the idea of encouraging your spiritual life, I, I've said this, but let me give you a great example of this. In life, the way that it works, all of us, all of us were created both physically, emotionally, and spiritually to hunger and thirst. We hunger and thirst physically, yes? Yeah. yes. We hunger and thirst emotionally, yes. and we hunger and thirst spiritually. Yes. It's, just, it's just the way that God created it. So there are two troughs at any given day, at any given time, that we can go and feed ourselves and refresh ourselves from. There's the one that the world offers, which is the world's version of events and news, statistics and status, and joy in life, and then there's God's. And a believer has the great ability to discern between the two, and if you choose to eat from the trough that God offers, it waters your soul and it brings life to you and health to your bones. But if you spend all your time in the world's trough, even as a believer, your passport is stamped heaven, but your mind lingers in hellish things, which affects how you view life, how you feel, what you say, how you see, can those of you who know agree with me on this? This is why a believer can be two people. One that when they die will go into all that God has for them, but one that lives here with so far less. Jesus' mission on earth, I came to bring life, and not just any life, but the abundant life. If that's automatic, then why did he come to bring? So when does it start? So maybe we play a part in it. Maybe there's something we can do. So let me give you two examples. It works physically, but it also works spiritually this way. So I'm going to confess something to you. I don't want you to judge me. Don't be a Pharisee. That's why I brought it up in the beginning. It actually had a place in the message. You didn't laugh then, but now. So I'm going to confess something to you. And uh, Chris made me do this. So it's not true. I made her do it. Right after Christmas, coming into New Year's, we were home by ourselves. We're at that great place of mostly empty nesters. It's a fun place to be at. Mostly have our house back. Mostly, not all together, but mostly. Mostly can, you know, watch what we want to watch. do what we, so We're looking one night on the television. I know, you're judging like, Pastor, you have a television? Yes, I have a television. And I'm flipping through the channels, and I came to a series that actually is not on the air anymore, but I hadn't watched it. We'd heard a lot about it, and they're doing a marathon. And the series is called Breaking Bad. Stop it. <laughs> if you knew where I was going with this, you wouldn't be so quick to. <laughs> so we start watching this series. And here, in the premise is it's a high school teacher who um, gets cancer, loses his job, and begins to cook meth 
in order to make a living, and it goes, that's the good part. <laughs> it goes downhill from there. And I know, as, as I sit here and take, I'm ashamed. What, what, what do you mean you ate from that trough? It sucked me in. The first one, I had to figure out what's going to happen to this guy. So a five-year series was running in a seven-night thing, and Chris and I ate from the trough seven days in a row. All we did, yes, we just binged on this thing. And it gets all over and done with, and it ends, I won't give it away, but not like you would expect. And I get done, and my, I'm like, I'm in such a dark place. I'm not sure that God loves anybody. And if I had to preach right now, everybody's going to hell is what I think. This is bad. And I'm emotional, like, what is this? So I felt bad. I felt heavy. I felt ugly. I felt dirty. I did. I had to say to my wife, I'm sorry. I should have stopped us. We should have done something about this. So we felt so horrible afterward. We felt, Chris, she, she can't get it out of her head. That's how bad it is. She's like, let's go buy crack. No, she didn't do she, no, she, she didn't do. she didn't do that. Somebody will edit everything I said to that little, the pastor's wife smokes crack. That's not what happened. It just becomes all, and it colors how I felt. It colors what we're talking about. It colors, it just colors everything. So I literally had to binge on worship to get my mind to stop thinking about this terrible series of, it's, it was awesome acting. It was, I, even as I think of it now, I'm like, boy, that was good, but it's not. It made me feel terrible. And I had to do the opposite to get it out. And so I share this with my teaching team and the staff. And uh, Pastor Dan brings up one that Dan, Dan's a better man than I am. So his example is, is a better example. But Dan likes to play the game Candy Crush, for those who know. If you're over 30, you watch Breaking Bad. And if you're a boy at heart, you play Candy Crush. <laughs> So Dan says he played it so much that when he would lie in bed at nighttime and close his eyes, he would think of all the moves he would make to win at Candy Crush. And he said it just, it was, took my whole imagination over. So we laugh about that, we chuckle about that. I'm just saying to you, real quick, what can we do that would position us in a place spiritually? Because if it works like this physically, then I want to tell you the truth. There's a spiritual principle involved here too. So what would God have you do? Anybody in this room, rhetorical again, have you ever done something so much that it just sort of takes over your life? It takes over your thoughts and your emotions. So we generally think of that in a way that's negative, but can it be in a way that's very positive? Spiritually speaking, absolutely. If you apply the same principle, spiritually speaking, to life, the Word of God. 
So let me give you adjectives that describe the word of God. It's a sword, it's a cleanser, it's a fire, it's a hammer, it's a mirror, it's life, it's seed, it's light, it's life. It's all of those things and whatever you need it to be. And if you immerse yourself in it, and believer, again, I'm asking you spiritually speaking, how much time do you spend there? Let's be honest right now. What's your desire for God's word? And how much does it wash over your mind and control what you say, how you think, where you spend your money, how you're married, how you work? Does it even do that? Like a tree planted by the water. Who in season bears fruit, and its leaf nether withers, and everything that person does can prosper. We want it, but we never position ourselves for it. I'm not, as I know this gets very like suddenly in your face, I'm in your living room, hear my heart. I'm your pastor. No harm, no foul, no judgment. But examine yourself right now. What's the passion for it? What's the desire for it? Immerse yourself in the idea of fasting. There's one that is so seldom talked about today, huh? So seldom talked about. We typically think it's some Old Testament thing that has little advantage in our life. And yet the Bible talks about the idea that fasting breaks off spiritual bondage. That it reshapes the way we think and our ability. It makes us sensitive to hear God's voice. One week from Sunday, the 22nd of February, we'll gather at all of our campuses. We'll spend time in worship and praise. What's your desire for that? So I don't want to guilt you in any. I'm just asking, what's your desire? And could you position yourself for hunger to happen, for desire to burst forth? Do you need deliverance in your life? Do you need prosperity? When I say that, don't think of your check your whole life. Do you want your whole life to prosper? So the Bible says that person, that person in Psalms, they prosper. What person? That person who everything God consumes. And can we do anything about that? It's fasting, giving. Do you know that giving is a way to position ourselves for spiritual things to happen in our life. Let me, let me read this to you. It's, the reference is there. This is Isaiah. It's 58. It talks about fasting, positioning yourself. I'll pick it up a little further into the chapter. Uh, in verse 6, is this not the kind of fasting I choose to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, to break every yoke off of your shoulders? Is it not to share your food with the hungry, to provide for the poor wanderer with shelter, when you see the naked to clothe them, not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Listen to this last part. I love this part right here. When you do these things, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins, will raise up the age-old foundations and you will be called the repairer of the broken walls and restorer of streets 
that have dwellings on them. God, can you picture your life in a place where things are just broken down? They're not what we want them to be. They're not prospering. God, bless it. What if God is saying to us, position yourself to do... What's your desire for what I'm saying right now? Does everything make sense till this point? You're like, ah. You had me till there. I, I, I run out of my time. So let, me, let me give you a step between now and positioning ourselves in a week to worship, pray, and fast. Maybe it could create a hunger in you. Maybe, maybe, it, could be, maybe it could be baby steps. Maybe, maybe we could just say it that way. So uh, Pastor Marcus um, created an app for our church. So you could go on wherever you get your app from. It's Google or Apple or wherever. And if it's so like Apple, I would use Apple. Go to the App Store. So wherever your App Store is at, just type in JFC. It looks like this. You could go JFC or Jubilee Fellowship Church. Download the app. Here's what I'd like to position us to do this week, if you'll do this for me. Don't think I'm stupid right now. Just do this. Just do it. Download it. Starting on Monday for the next week, coming into this time, I'll give you something every day. Something not huge, not monumental, not math, just something every day to do. Pray this, read this, think, let's act on this. We'll do it just for seven days. And position ourselves coming into a time. Let's position ourselves for bigger and greater things spiritually. To climb a mountain, sometimes that is just so hard from where we are. But to get in the car to go to the mountain, can we do that? Can we make that first step? So this would be that right there. Every day, I'll send something. On that app, you have to check that it's okay for notifications to be sent to you. If you don't do that, nothing will get through and you'll think I lied. <laughs> I promise you. Let's do, it to, let's do it as a church. Let's do it as a family. Let's do it as a community. Let's move towards greater things spiritually in our life. Let's just do it. It'll look a little different for all of us, but we could position ourselves if we want to do it for what life could look like a month from now, six months from now. Would you love it to be said of you, whatever they do prospers? Lord, we love you. And we give the opportunity to you tonight to speak spiritual vitality into our lives. I think, God, this is true for every person in this room. None of us came to play games or to be religious. We came because regardless of where we are in the spectrum spiritually, whether we feel very dry, whether it's a very small fire, or whether it's a tree of life, God, we all together want more of you. We want to grow spiritually and we want to grow now. We want to see prosperity. We want to see your abundance. God, we want to see your freedom. We want to experience what you promise us in Scripture. And so many times, Lord, that is just promises that seem so far out there. We know you feel that way, but we don't know how to possess those promises. And here it is. 
an opportunity to become, to do, to experience, to advance. And Father, in our hearts is that desire. We want to be like Jesus, and we want to experience the promises of God. And so I pray over this group of people, over the community that titles itself JFC, that God, we would grow as never before spiritually. I prophesy to dry bones you shall live. I prophesy to small fires that you will rage. I prophesy to trees of life that you will give fruit in ways you never thought, never knew, and more abundantly than ever before in your life. That it's a time and a season for the goodness of God, the greatness of God. That our God is worth it, our world demands it, and our lives desire it. So we call forth greater things. We say yes to you. And we pray that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's going to be a good series, folks.